Well, we're, um, we're continuing on uh, with the current series, Faith Works, and you could read that a couple of ways, but we're seeing that getting our faith to work is a lifestyle that we're all called to. Getting our faith to work. We saw uh, the week before last when Jesus was woken from his sleep in the boat as he encountered the storm as they made their way across uh, the sea there. When he had stilled the storm, he asked the disciples, where is your faith? The expectation for them to grow in their faith was placed upon the disciples. We, you know, when you read the scriptures, you have to see there's an expectation as we read the scriptures that we all will grow in our faith. I'm not where I was in my faith when I first got saved. I've gone from faith to faith. And then after I got to that place, I've gone from faith to faith. And of course, we are called to go that way and keep increasing our faith in God. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in this series. But Hebrews, um, uh, Hebrews chapter 6 and verses 11 to 12, it says there, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. You imitate. That, that, that's that Greek word, mamatis, and it means to mimic those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Uh, the usage of that word sluggish, just in case you're a little unsure about that word sluggish and no one's called you sluggish lately, you could easily forget what sluggish means, but it means dull, blunt. It means sluggish, remiss, or slack. Have you ever been called slack before? I think I've shared once or twice that my, my mother used to introduce me to all her home business uh, clients as they walked through the door. She'd introduce my brother. This is Alan. He's the brainy one. This is Peter. He's the lazy one. And <laughs> customer after customer after customer, speaking that over, you know, the, uh, my life. And of course, I found out later that I was actually just motivated differently than my brother. My brother turned everything into a science experiment. He ended up becoming a doctor. He just had that mind where everything had to be. If we went off to let off flash bombs in the, in the bush, he wasn't there to blow things up. He was there to see how much was needed to create this and all of those kind of things. He was just motivated differently than me. But I tell you, his science experiments in the bush were amazing, I assure you. He had rockets on the back of catamarans. You know, this is in the 70s. He had rockets attached to the catamaran and he'd launch them off across the lake, you know. And you, I'd sit there going, wow. And he'd have his friends who were just as geeky as he was taking photographs in 35 mil, you know, you know, speed shots and all this kind of thing. And, uh, and of course, none of it was allowed by my mum and dad, I assure you. It was all done in the bush and uh, all done secretly behind the shed. But there, there you go. Here's a, here's a brother uh, who, who had, was motivated differently. But we're all told here, you know, that we do not become sluggish or slack, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Uh, what does it take to inherit the promises? Faith and patience, according to this scripture, Hebrews 6, 11, verse 12. It says that. And of course, once we receive the promise of salvation, and we all, if we're saved this morning, if we know Jesus as Lord and Saviour, we receive Jesus as Lord and Saviour, and that was a promise that we actually 
through faith received. We believed in our heart, we confessed with our mouth, you know how it goes. But that gift of eternal life was first of all received as the first promise of God that brought us into relationship with him. But of course we're then called to live on receiving God's promises. That just as much as we experienced how faith brought us the, 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 the gift of eternal life and the, the promise of salvation, we're to go on living that way. And that's the thing that I find that some Christians sort of trip up at a little bit is actually realising it is through believing with your heart and confessing with your mouth. We begin to again continually inherit the promises of God. If we're not using our faith and patience, we're missing out on a key to our inheritance that's in Christ. If we're not using our faith and patience and we're not believing in our heart, confessing with our mouth, speaking, saying, praying what God says in his word, we're missing out on our inheritance. Inheritance is a great thing to receive from heaven. And we want to be a people that are about that. There was a guy who I heard the story of, it was when the days when you, if you were crossing from, you know, uh, England to uh, America, you had to do it by a passenger liner. And of course, he rolled up at the ticket counter to get his passage across uh, to America. And and of course, as he bought his ticket, he went out just quickly to the shop before the ship left and got himself some, some uh, crackers and cheese and just a, a little supply of crackers and cheese. And, and of course, as each day would go by on the, uh, on the, or in the passage, the, the meal times would come and go, he'd be sitting there uh, out on the deck eating his cheese and biscuits. And the captain would see him once or twice, you know, during mealtime and wonder what, how come that guy's not in the dining hall? And he would uh, see him there, and uh, one day he bumped into him out on the deck, and he said, uh, excuse me, sir, I notice that uh, you're out on the deck uh, during meal times, and you're eating those cheese and crackers. And he goes, uh, yes, it's true. He said, uh, I have to be honest, I could, buy the, I could buy the ticket for the passage, but I, I couldn't afford the meals. And the captain pointed out to him and said, well, actually, you've got to understand that actually the meals are a part of the passage ticket. You could have been eating in the, you know, in the thing. But the truth is, there'll be a lot of believers when they get to heaven, they're going to have the same experience. They're going to find out that there was an inheritance available to them that they just needed to know that it was all included. The blessing, the healing, the encouragement, the things that, that God has for us are there available to us. But we just have to use our faith and patience to receive that inheritance. We have promises from God that we're all called to partake of. And uh, they allow us to access, access, you know, the divine, the supernatural. So my question to you this morning, how are you going with that? Is that going well at the moment or have you gotten a little sluggish just lately? The Apostle Paul, he taught faith as a lifestyle. Now, just as the means to our not, not just as a means to our conversion experience. He taught it as a lifestyle. Look what he says over in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It's not there, but I'll just read it out to you. It says, And in keeping with what is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Uh, we who have the same spirit of faith also believe and therefore speak. Praise the Lord. See that? It's a we believe and we speak. It's the spirit of faith that can be upon our lives and should be upon our lives. The spirit of faith is the ongoing attitude in which we believe God's word 
speak God's word, saying it and praying it, decreeing it and declaring it. How many promises from God's word are you currently standing on? How many are you actually standing on at the moment? A hundred. John was talking to me last week. He's got a new book and he's into that book and he's just realised that there's some uh, literature out there that will actually bring to your attention promises in different areas that you could stand on. Is that right? Yeah. And, and so John's standing on a hundred at the moment. You know, I'd, I'd nail that down to some real immediate areas and actually say, this is important. But I tell you what, as far as renewing your mind to the word of God and what promises are available, that's a great start. Get a book like that. You know, we've got books that will help you along those lines up there in the, uh, in the bookstore. You will know if you're standing on the promise correctly, not because necessarily you've got a book, but because you know that word. You know that word in your heart and you can quote that word, you can quote the scripture and you'll know you're standing on a promise of God. And what you've done is you're actually using your faith and your patience to see that come to pass in your life. It might not be something that you're experiencing right now, but you're standing on that promise because you know it's a part of your inheritance and it's coming. Amen? It's coming and we've got that assurance that it's on its way. And you'll know because you can quote the verse. Speak that word, pray that word, and give the Lord's thanks for it coming to pass. And again, that's another way we express our, uh, our faith is, is that faith is the, is the highest expression. You know, I should say, giving of thanks is the highest expression of our faith because we believe we have received it. That's how faith works. We're to be confident in our faith going to work on our behalf. Faith is a confident expectation. We should be a people that are aware that um, when we're standing in faith, we are confidently expecting something to happen, something to change, something to be different and, uh, and be a people that are pursuing pursuing that standing that it's not wishing it's not hoping it's confident and it's expectant that's faith in our hearts and uh, of course when we release that confident confident expectation with our praying and with our saying watch out things are going to happen things are going to change things are going to shift and uh, we see that in verses and we we get that assurance from verses like this one from 1 john 5 verse 14 to 15 it says now this is the confidence that we have in him if we ask anything according to his will he hears us and we know that he hears us whatever we ask we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him i'll say that again and if we know that he hears us whatever we ask we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him jesus taught that faith is like a servant that continues to work on our behalf. Can't really get that across to you more, uh, more importantly today than this, is that you set a task for your faith, and when that task is accomplished, faith gets set then onto another task. Faith is the worker that doesn't need a rest break. Just think about that for a minute. Faith is the worker that you put out to work and he doesn't need a rest break. Our faith needs to be the servant that does not stop when it's tired, but when it's done. Just think about that. Faith needs to be the worker that does not stop when it's tired, but only stops when it's done. So 
the, the silliest thing that's possible is for you to get tired and withdraw your faith from the situation, withdraw your believing, withdraw your confession and what you're saying because you get tired. Faith, I'll say it again, faith needs to be the servant that does not stop when it's tired, but only when it's done. And we need to keep him out there in the paddock. We need to keep him out there working. That's our faith, our believing, and of course, our speaking, and our saying, and our praying. The apostles in Luke chapter 17 and verse 5 said this, and the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And Jesus has taught them about forgiving those that sin against them. And their response is, we need more faith. Jesus has been teaching on forgiveness. We know that's one that we teach about here a fair bit, but it's one of those things that caused the disciples to say, increase our faith. And of course, why do they need an increase in their faith? Well, because they understood that forgiving someone who in this particular passage, Jesus said it, who sins against you seven times in a day and repents, it's a hard task. It's a hard task for your faith. Look what it says there in uh, Luke chapter 17, next one. It says, and so the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. And which of you, having a servant ploughing or tending sheep, will say to him when he has come from in from the field, come in or come at once and sit down to eat? But will he not rather say, prepare something for my supper, in other words, give him another task, and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk, and afterward you will eat and drunk? This is such a, a key scripture to saying that faith is like the servant that we send out to work. And when he comes and you don't stop him, you, you set him on another task. He doesn't need a rest break. He doesn't finish until he's done. Until we see the inheritance, the promise as ours and in our possession. Don't let your faith stop. Don't bring it back in again. Check up on your faith to make sure it's working. I know I've done this in my early Christian life uh, in such a way that I saw saw amazing things turn around my early Christian life and of course since then again and again in different circumstances but I remember it when I was first learning it I remember it when it was at that first moment I was starting to see that this is actually how God wants us to live he wants us getting our faith out there and standing on his promise and waiting to see that promise fulfilled and then rejoicing even when it hasn't happened yet because we believe it does and it will and we're trusting him for it to see it your faith doesn't need a rest break if it is finished with one task set it another task when jesus asks where is your faith you know what your answer should be out working it's out there working where is your faith well it's out there working and when we finished in our last message uh, with a reminder that we when we find ourselves with worry and trouble knocking on our doors the impossible situation you know you've had one you've seen it before it seems impossible we can be one of two people one that tries to solve the problem with our own ability with our own strength and what does the bible say not by might nor by power but by my spirit says the lord 
So the Lord wants us, this is the, this is the by my spirit says the Lord bit, when we believe in our heart, confess with our mouth, start to stand on his promise and believe until we see the inheritance uh, in our possession. We can be the one that, uh, we, or we can be the one that gets God's supernatural ability onto the job. And of course, we are called to be that person. And of course, we're so much better at that when we've been giving attention to the word of God giving our entire attention to what the scripture says, meditating on it, spending time in it, mulling mulling it over. Luke chapter 10 and verse 38 says this, Now it happened as as they went, he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. She approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. You know, Martha is obviously distracted because she has all these people at her house for lunch. Okay, and it's a problem to her because Martha's leaning to her own understanding about how she's going to get it done. She's trying to figure out what she's doing. She's all she's doing it in the flesh and not in the spirit. And she's leaning to her own understanding, trying to figure out how am I going to cater for all those people. Someone needs to start kneading the dough. We need some buns in the oven. We need more water. Who's going to go and set the table? Uh, We've got all that going on. Of course, all the thoughts are going through her head, as they would, wouldn't it? Men and women, you know, know, who, who are prone to think about how all these things are going to occur, would be thinking the same way. Meanwhile, back in the lounge room, Mary is on the front row and she's taking notes. And most importantly, she's giving her attention to the word of God and ignoring the signs from Martha. And Martha does the unthinkable. We we, we would say it's unthinkable. She interrupts Jesus while he's preaching. Because she's just gotten to the point where she has tried all the tricks in the book to get Mary's attention. Dishes, you know, all the things. She'd be doing all that. But she can't get her attention, so she goes up and interrupts Jesus uh, while he's teaching. And, uh, and look what it says, and I like this verse. Luke chapter 10 and verse 41, it says, And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has what? chosen this is all about choosing for yourself that good part which will not be taken away from her that choice that you make that you're going to be a word person that you're going to be a person that stands on the promises you're going to be a person who says i'm going to start walking out this christian life the way that god intended it to be walked out standing on the promises believing for the inheritance that belongs to us all to be in our possession, if you decide to start walking that way, that decision will not be taken away from you. Being attentive to the word of God is a pattern that we must all develop. Why? Because it's the way we get our faith up and working, out into the paddock, out into the field. And if we look carefully, we'll see that it is a choice. Mary had chosen the word of God. Martha had the same choice available, available to her, but she didn't choose it. 
the truth that you failed to hear and do, the truth that was preached the Sunday that you didn't go to church, that truth won't bring you the breakthrough. Now that revelation that, that would have come through but you weren't here to hear because you're off doing something else is something that we need to be mindful of. The word of God that you never gave attention to is not going to bring the breakthrough or cause you to overcome or bring you the victory. Watch out for that bit. We certainly walk in a revelation that the word that we bring on a Sunday morning is something the Lord's been downloading all week long. All week long, we're just, uh, just, just recognising he's tweaking and just bringing certain aspects of that message to bear. So a delivery, and I'm amazed by it. I'm always amazed at the way that the Lord does that. But one thing I hear regular is people coming up after a sermon or a message, you know, Sunday to Sunday saying, that what you shared then was exactly what I needed to hear. And I say, I know, I know God's downloading stuff that is obviously for different ones to hear because it'll bring breakthrough in their life. It'll bring breakthrough. That uh, understanding that we're speaking not as the word of men, but as the oracles of God comes really home to you when you hear that week after week and very regular and not only just here in Broome, but you know, right through our Christian lives, we realise that the Lord uses the pulpit to minister the word of God into people's lives and hearts. He does that. And how does he do it? Well, he just have a prayerful heart and he'll download and, uh, and give revelation. It's not rocket science, but it's a little bit hard to get a hold of that sometimes or appreciate that. It's not just a nice sermon that we're looking to bring on Sunday morning, but rather what is God saying to us at this time? The first truth that we must take on board on the subject of faith is that faith comes by hearing. Amen. That's how it's formed. That's how it's generated. Faith has its origin, the word of God. Romans chapter um, 10 and verse 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We cannot leave the teachings of Jesus. We cannot fail in giving attention to the word of God and expect breakthrough. Now, look, there's mercy. You know, God does amazing things and sometimes it's not up to us. He just comes in sovereign. But I tell you what, there's a time that comes where the responsibility comes upon us to get our faith out to work, to send it out into the paddock. And that time comes at different moments. And I don't know, when I was first saved, it felt like every prayer I prayed got answered almost immediately. It was just, just this, what, what we call the honeymoon period. And it just seemed like, you know, you'd pray or you'd think something and God would do something to confirm it. And it was just amazing the way that happened. But it got to a, a stage after a while where I knew that it was like the responsibility was to now walk by faith and not the, well, whatever will be, will be, and we'll see, and maybe God will do something, but a little bit more specific, knowing what his promises say and believing to see them come to pass. We cannot leave the teachings of Jesus. We cannot fail in giving attention to the word of God and expect breakthrough. Mercy may triumph over judgment, but the breakthrough that we need is going to come by hearing the word and doing the word, putting it into practice. Psalm 119, it says there, the uh, entrance of your words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. You know, those moments you might be leaning over to your understanding, not really trusting the Lord, maybe even stuck in darkness and, uh, and the ways of darkness, hitting obstacles. 
are trusting in our own ability. You know, as Aussies, that attitude, oh, she'll be right. Who knows the she'll be right attitude? We all got it pretty good, really, haven't we? You know, it's just that little bit of positivity. We don't really know what's going to happen, but she'll be right. And, of course, the word of God can come to us and bring light to us. And we should expect that. A lot of translations say the unfolding of your word gives light. Like a present that you've been given that has layers of wrapping on it. And, but it's as we unfold it that we come to a place of understanding it. The attention that we need to give to the word of God is going to determine how much application we give to the word of God. And it has a direct impact on our ability to stand in the storm. You know, our word intake is important. We're seeing that our ability to live by faith is impacted by the ability that we have to receive the word and, uh, and make an application of it, praying it, saying it, saying what God says and uh, bringing his will to pass on earth. And it starts with the word. It starts with God's word in our life. It's that lifestyle that we're called to, uh, to live by his word. Jesus uh, had been teaching on communion and I guess it was one of those teachings that really didn't ring a bell for a lot of people. And uh, sometimes when you're just giving that word out that the Lord wants you to bring, sometimes it doesn't ring a bell with everyone. And uh, this is one of those moments. And, and in John chapter 6 and verse 66, it says, From that time many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. And then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? Simon Peter answered and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. In other words, that word that, that you bring is just so, you know, heart uh, penetrating. How essential it is it that we receive the word of God with gladness and that we are honest with ourselves regarding our responses to the word of God. When Jesus taught the parable of the sower, the disciples came and questioned Jesus about that parable particularly. And in uh, Mark chapter 4, we'll just go there quickly. And Jesus said to them, do you not understand this parable? Then how will you understand any of the parables? I don't know about you, but that makes me think that the parable of the soul is pretty important. Because if you're not going to understand any of the parables that Jesus taught, unless you understand that one, then there's a key here. There's a key here to understanding and, and knowing what is being taught. This tells us if we don't understand it, we're not going to understand any of them. So I don't know about you, but I'm on the edge of my seat thinking, well, what is it about this parable? I tell you what it is before we even get there, and we might even for time give you some homework on this. I tell you, it's, it's a parable that identifies the condition of our heart. In other words, what kind of a heart have you got when you receive the word of God? It's a condition of the soil, and the soil is likened to the heart someone who's easily distracted, someone who's chasing off after other things. These are all conditions that stop the word of God from doing what it's designed to do. I really believe that it's important for us to be those people that are aware of that. I'll just go back here a little bit because um, there was a verse there I really wanted us to have a look at. And again, bringing this home, just for, for homework, read Mark chapter 4 and read the parable of the sower that's where that point where they came to him and said, explain this to us. And look at that heart condition. You just check yourself. Just do a little bit of a, a, a heart check. You know, it's sometimes good to do a heart check. Ask any doctor. You know, it's just, good, just to 
get a little vas uh, heart cardiovascular check there just to see what sort of <laughs> soil type you've got going on. And the things that's stopping the word of God from bringing forth, you know, 30, 60, 100 fold in your life. It could be just a heart condition that just needs to be sorted out, just needs to be identified and, and corrected. But just to uh, back up there in, uh, I think it's Mark chapter 7 and verse 24 to 26. This is Jesus talking. He says this, last scripture. He says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall. For it was founded on the rock. Verse 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Two guys, two houses, two storms, but there's a different outcome. What's the difference between these two guys? One heard the word, but didn't do it. And, of course, one heard the word and did do it. And he was likened to a guy that built his house upon the rock of both hearing the word of God and then doing it, finding the application for the word. To, in other words, put the word of God into practice straight away. And this is my challenge to you this morning as we, as we close, as we stop and have some fellowship. And don't let this challenge just slide by. Really do this. Find the situation in your life where you need Jesus to come through in a big way. Find that area where you need him to do something that you know you couldn't do. Find the promise of God that actually covers it. You can, you can even Google it. You just hunt around for a little bit and you'll probably find a promise that meets that particular area. There's all kinds of ministries and organisations out there now who are doing such things. You just do a little search and you can find that promise. And, you know, maybe you'll find a few. Get a hold of it and just pray a little bit until the Lord shows you which one you should be standing on. And when you have, tuck that little prayer into your heart and think about it all the time. Just meditate on it, meditate on it, and then turn it into a prayer, a prayer that you can pray and continue to pray and thank the Lord for the fulfillment of it. Lord, I thank you for this promise. I thank you, Lord, that it's a promise to me personally. And I'm going to stand on this promise until I see the fulfillment of this in my life. I'm putting this, this promise out to work like a servant. I'm extending my faith to see this promise come to pass in my life. I believe I've received in Jesus' name. Now pray that once, twice, three times if you have to through the week, maybe even longer, maybe every day. You know, the Bible talks about evening, morning and noon will I pray and cry aloud. So you can do it three times a day if you like. Whatever your need is. But I encourage you this morning is, is that don't have some fellowship, have a coffee and go home and forget about that. Make your walk with the Lord and make your faith with the Lord personal. Don't allow it to be just something that you do on special occasions. Make it something that you do regular. Amen? This is where we're going to start to glow in the dark because we start to see those promises being fulfilled. This is the part we get to see, you know, the Lord being true to his word in our lives. And I tell you, it's special, it's precious, 
And not only do we want to be doing it, but we want to be able to be able to pass it on to others around us as well as a way of life and see, see them enjoying the same fruit that we do. Amen? Amen. Why don't we all stand to our feet this morning? We're going to pray. I'll ask the worship team to come on up. Let's just be like Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. Let's be that, uh, that one giving attention to the word. Let's be the people who by faith and patience inherit the promises of God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we again thank you for time around your word today, Lord God. We thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet, a guide unto our path, Father. That you can lead us and guide us into truth at all times by your Holy Spirit that lives within us. Lord, that, um, that we operate by and function through, Father. We thank you for your Holy Spirit today in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you that as we, um, as, as, as we purpose to uh, go from church today, Lord, that we be a people that are looking for, for that promise that we're to stand and looking for that inheritance. Lord, you've made us uh, partakers of the divine nature through these special and precious promises, Father. We want to be a people partaking of them. And Father, we ask today that you would, each one of us, Lord, lead us and guide us to that word that we should be standing on at this time and in this season to see, Father, your word coming to pass in our lives and that inheritance, Father God, being received by each and every single one of us. We ask it today in the name of Jesus, Lord, and we believe that we receive right now, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.